It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, putting in some new windows, new doors. It's really exciting. But it can be a little intimidating because you don't even know where to begin. Let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella. Duh. Well, there are a couple directions you can go when you go with Pella. First option, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free. You're going to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they're going to be able to get a Phil Jackson, Greg McDermott, Scott Frost, Fred Hoiberg type of game plan that fits your budget, your home, your wants, your needs, all that good stuff. That's one option. Or second option, head out to the showroom. Showroom's really cool. Sometimes it helps to actually see the window, see the door, touch it, feel it, open it, close it to get a better sense of exactly what you are putting into your home. That is also an option you can go as well. Just know that you got to go with Pella. Give them a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Come. All right, it is uh, Wednesday, May 27th. Still living in this uh, social distancing pandemic life out here. Hope everyone is hanging in there with, uh, with, with dealing with all this. I know for me, I was thinking about this yesterday. You know what's getting me through this? Exercise and getting outside. Seriously, if I couldn't work out and get outside for a bit each day, my mood and morale would be 100 times worse. Like if this was... If this was happening during the winter and we truly had to be hunkered inside for the entire two and a half months or whatever it's been now, I can only speak for me, this would be like exponentially harder. Biggest thing for me is I, uh, has been buying a bike. I bought a bike, gosh, maybe like three, four weeks ago or something like that. And Side note, I haven't rode a bike since I turned 16 and could drive a car. Like, once I could drive a car, I'm like, why would I ride a bike? I'm just going to drive to wherever I want to go. So it had been damn near 20 years since I had actually hopped on a bike. But I bought a bike and a, and a trailer to haul my four-year-old daughter around, and, and we go on one or two bike rides almost every single day. And I'm telling you, it's life-saving for me. It's been amazing. Side note, you know the whole saying of, yeah, it's just like riding a bike. That's not entirely true. I was awful, <laughs> awful riding my bike the first two to three days I tried to ride again. When I was uh, when I was purchasing my bike, so I go to this bike store and, you know, I mean, I'm asking, all right, what bike do you recommend? And this guy's giving me a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. And I'm just like, all right, don't look stupid. Just nod like you know what he's talking about. I'm like, so the brakes are good. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. But I, I took it out into the parking lot for a test ride. And the guy helping me when I hopped on the bike, I could tell he was like, <laughs> bro, you okay? You okay on that thing? Like, You do know how to ride a bike, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. And even my uh, my four-year-old daughter, who, I mean, she doesn't know anything about riding a bike effectively or anything like that. She, but she knew enough and could sense enough to ask me after our first ride. She, We finished, and she goes, um, daddy? When are you going to be good at this? And I was like, oh 
my God, am I that noticeably horrendous? But I was, man. It took me a bit. I was out there nervous as a bug, man. But I'm now like the Lance Armstrong of the dad bike gang. It's fantastic. I'm out here killing it. But so shouts out to exercise and riding a bike and getting outside. Hope everybody's hanging in there, though. So anyways, today's pod. I want to get into a topic that has been a hot topic for for. I mean, a, a year, two, three, four. I mean, it's re- it's really been a topic in in college sports, really college basketball for a while. And I've touched on it a little bit, but I wanna I wanna go deeper into my thoughts, like way deep into my thoughts. And the topic is the whole one time free transfer thing, in particular for college basketball. I'm a college basketball guy, so and that's kind of where a lot of the transfer stuff is centered around. But I, I want to get into my thoughts. With with the one time transfer thing, so basically the NCAA punted last week on the one time transfer thing, meaning it won't officially go into effect right now. There were some people that were thinking that they were going to vote on it in mid May and it was going to be in effect immediately, and the NCAA just kind of kicked the can down the road and delayed this some more. But there is a feeling of inevitability on this rule around college basketball, like it's not a matter of if players will be allowed one free transfer, but when will it go into effect that players get one free transfer? So, I don't know, like arguing against it and getting all worked up and angry over it kind of feels like a waste of time because it feels like it's an inevitability. It's going to happen at some point. But I do think there's there's a lot of different things that I've been thinking about with this. And in observing these discussions or reading different stories or whatever... You know, everyone argues for or against this based on their own perspective. Coaches don't like it and argue against it because it shifts some power away from them and makes their life way more difficult with potentially massive amounts of player movement each year. So coaches don't like it. Players like it because it gives them some power and gives them some freedom and it gives them more options during their career to potentially find the right spot and play right away without waiting and sitting out a year. And then certain media members argue from an outside looking in third party observer perspective of what is fair or not fair. And honestly, I could sit and listen to each side make their case, and at the end, I'd probably say, I agree, you're right. Like, if I sat in a room and, you know, this was like Shark Tank, and next into the tank, it's coaches arguing against one free transfer. Like, at the end of the pitch, I'd be like, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. Next into the tank, players on why they should get one free transfer. I'd be like, I agree with you. I, I agree. Next into the tank, Media members arguing from what's fair or not fair with the one-time free transfer. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. It's not fair. I'm with you. I agree. (laughs) I I honestly feel like there are a lot of ways to look at this and a lot of valid points on every single side. But the one perspective I don't hear a ton is the what's best for the sport of college basketball's perspective. Right? Right? I don't hear that argument a ton. I don't hear next into the tank, college basketball, and what's best for the sport. Like, you don't don't hear that. So let me try and present that case. Lay it all out for you. 
So, you know, there, there are a lot of issues on college basketball's plate. A ton. But I think arguably the biggest issue for college basketball is continuity and the lack of continuity. Players come and go. Teams change all the time. Guys come and leave early, one and dones, all that. But the big one in terms of, of continuity, the big ones in terms of continuity are retaining the top talent and then just flat out keeping teams and rosters intact and together. I fear that allowing the one-time transfer rule to go into effect will only increase the lack of continuity in the sport of college basketball. What makes basketball and and watching the sport and being a fan fun is watching a team grow, endure, overcome, build chemistry, come together, and achieve success together. It's the journey that oftentimes is just as enjoyable as the end destination. And listen, I know that sounds cheesy as hell and corny, but it's true. It's true. What's fun for fans is getting to know and love a team and every player on that team. and That's fun. Following college basketball now is almost like reading a short storybook and each chapter slash year or season is totally different with a different cast of characters and story. The better book to read is the in-depth character development long building up the arc of the story with the same cast of characters. That's the better book to read. Again, arguing from the what's best for the sport perspective, I think we've lost sight of that with college basketball a little bit. So in my opinion, I think college basketball needs to do all it can to increase continuity. So a couple of things with that. I think, and listen, maybe the the name image likeness stuff that is probably going to go into effect soon does what I'm about to say, but I think college basketball needs to create a situation where top high school talent wants to come to college and play and stay for more than just one or two years. And within that, try to keep the talented players that are underclassmen in your sport to stay in college basketball, i.e. Tyshawn Alexander at Creighton. Keep those underclassmen that are sophomores or juniors who have some more eligibility in the sport rather than leave to either be a second-round pick or go undrafted. And then after all of that, try to keep the rosters intact as much as possible while the players are there. Continuity. College basketball has become so transient. And that transient nature is created three ways. One and dones, underclassmen leaving to either be a second-round pick or go undrafted, and lastly, transfers. And I do think all that takes a toll on the overall quality of the sport and overall enjoyment of the sport from the ca- for the casual fan. I really do. Again, I get how players want freedom and power to leave without any restrictions and play right away. Hell, I transferred from Kansas to Creighton. I totally get it. 
I would have loved to not have to sit out a year at Creighton. You think I wanted to redshirt? No. And I also get how coaches hate this potential rule and foresee the wild, wild west with every year just massive amounts of roster turnover. I can see both sides. And like I said earlier, from an outsider what's fair perspective, I think allowing a one-time transfer is 100% fair and right. I get that too. But in my opinion, if I'm looking at this from purely a what's best for college basketball perspective, I think it will have a negative impact on the sport. Because again, college basketball has a continuity issue. It's got a continuity issue. And this one-time free transfer rule will only amplify that issue. So that's, there you go. One more thing with this one-time free transfer thing. You know what could end up getting hurt by this? Or what group or one aspect could get hurt by this? High school recruiting. I've heard some college coaches... And listen, maybe they are kind of talking tongue-in-cheek to make a point with all this, but I've heard some college coaches say, why, why would I go recruit a high school kid when I can just go recruit a college kid now? Meaning, why go recruit a high school kid when, one, they can leave and go somewhere else and play right away at any time, and two, a college, kid's is, a college kid is oftentimes a better player, more mature, more physically developed, and they now can't transfer and leave your program because they've used that one free transfer, right? I've heard some coaches say, I'll just, I'll just wait a bit and recruit kids once they're in college. And I know that is extreme. And again, that thought is probably extreme just to prove a point. But there are some shreds and elements of truth in that. Just another thing to kind of think about. Couple more things. I got like five or six things I want to address on other aspects on the topic of transfers. Because I mean, get, there's just there's a lot of different ways and angles to look at this. Number one, not all players transfer for the wrong reasons. I think we dangerously paint with a broad brush all transfers. Like they are pusses who don't want to compete and are all upset that coach yelled at them one day and want to take their ball and leave. When that's not always the case. In fact, I'd say more often than not, the 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 case is they're transferring for the right reasons. There are always going to be exceptions, going to be a few kids who are pusses and soft and leave or whatever. But I actually think most aren't like that. Most. Number two, I bet close to 50% of all college basketball transfers are forced out by the head coach. I call it, in my mind, I always call it, uh, coach ran him out. Uh, That coach ran out so-and-so. Sometimes coaches, in a roundabout way, tell a kid after the season, hey, man, you need to leave. You need to leave. Again, they don't come around and say it. Well, some maybe do, but most don't. But they kind of lay it out for the player like, hey, man, you got to go. You're not in our plans. We're recruiting others to take your spot. Hey, guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I want to 
make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they are following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha-Lincoln area. Bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. This happens way more than you think, way more than you think. So that's something else to think about. And then number three, within all that, sometimes transfers are mutual, mutually beneficial and mutually agreed upon. Sometimes transferring is best for both parties. Sometimes a situation has kind of just ran its course and it's best for the player and the coach just to go different directions and that for that player to just go somewhere else. And sometimes it's best for that coach to just go get a different player. Sometimes there's a mutual, it's mutually beneficial. Number four. I think one of the main issues of frustration for all involved right now is the lack of uniformity with waivers and transfer rules in college basketball. One of the reasons people want to create a one-time free transfer rule is at least that lays out what the situation is and we get some agreed-upon consistency for transfers. Right now, it's maddening watching which transfers get granted waivers to play right away and which ones don't. There's zero consistency. And oftentimes, not only is there no consistency, there's no timeline. For when the waiver is granted or denied, so these players and coaches are kind of held hostage just waiting for an answer, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the season was getting started last year, and Shamil Stevenson, who was at Pitt and then Nevada and then transferred to Nebraska, Shamil Stevenson and Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska, they were waiting when the season kind of got started on whether or not Shamil Stevenson could play or not. Like, the season was already, like, getting rolling. I mean, it's ridiculous. And some of the waivers that get accepted are laughable. And some, of the, and some of the waivers that get denied are laughable too. So I think a good portion of the coaches and players are all fed up with that aspect of the transfer process. And at least 
This new one-time transfer rule gets everyone on the same page with how transfers work and how it's all being applied. Number five, as we're kind of just going through a bunch of different thoughts here. Sometimes with transfers having to sit out, being forced to sit out a year, it creates a mental checkpoint for all parties involved. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Meaning coaches have to really think about it and players have to really think about it too. Coaches have to really think about how bad they want a player that is transferring because they have to use one of their 13 scholarships that they're allowed on a kid that can't play for a year. Like when Marcus Foster is transferring from Kansas State to Creighton, he is using a scholarship for three years but can only play for two at Creighton. So Greg McDermott has to think about that. Coaches don't love using a bunch of scholarships on guys that are sitting in street clothes at the end of the bench that can't play. I mean, you only get 13 scholarships. You only get 13 scholarships. And then with players, I'd argue that one of the biggest deterrents for players transferring is being forced to sit out a year. That was a huge huge deterrent for me when I was weighing my decision to transfer from Kansas. That reality of if you do this, you got to you got to sit out a whole year. That reality helps really eliminate emotion from the decision and reason has to kind of take over. And ultimately, I think we'd all agree that when making a big decision, you want reason to be your guide and not emotion. And I do fear, I do fear that if you allow the one-time free transfer thing to go into effect, you're, you will get a whole bunch of emotional decisions to transfer. Guys don't play for a game or two, or maybe you're only playing five minutes a game and the coach is on them and yelling at them or they aren't playing well or whatever. And when you're 18 or 19 years old, you are emotional. And if there's an easy way out, you might take it. And without that checkpoint of having to sit out a full year, I do fear you might get some dudes leaving the second adversity strikes. And number five, kind of my final thought, as I'm kind of just an open book trying to lay it all out for you. I do sometimes think people forget that a player's college career is short. You get four years to play. Four years go by fast. And all a player really wants is to maximize, enjoy their time, and find the right spot for them personally and as a basketball player. That's all they want. And maybe instead of putting up roadblocks and hurdles and obstacles for players once they get to college, 
Wouldn't it be better just to provide opportunities for kids? Relatively clear paths for them to achieve what it is that they want, which again is just to maximize and enjoy their time and find the right right spot for them personally and as a player. Again, a college career is delicate, man. And all it takes is a few things to go wrong and you're stuck. And you end up unhappy and frustrated with how things are going and then when it ends, how your career went. I mean, I've always felt like a no-brainer rule that should have always been in place is if your coach gets fired or leaves for another job, then every player on that roster should be free to leave and be eligible right away somewhere else. That seems like a no-brainer to me. But the, the other aspect that seems fairly simple to me is, you know, in life, we are all just trying to find what's best for us. We are all searching and working to find the best spot, right? And if a coach like Steve Forbes, who was at East Tennessee State, can get presented with what he feels is a better situation for him at Wake Forest, and he takes that job, then why can't that same logic apply to players? If player X feels like a different school is a better situation for them personally, then it stands to reason that they should be able to go. Steve Forbes didn't hate or dislike or want to do East Tennessee State wrong. He just felt like Wake Forest was a better situation for him. And, you know, even Denzel Mahoney didn't hate or dislike or want to do Southeast Missouri State wrong. He just felt like Creighton was a better spot for him, better situation for him. So as I talk all this out, I do find myself getting back to that fundamental school of thought quite a bit. I do. I mean, there are a lot of different ways to look at this one-time transfer thing. A lot. From the coach's perspective, they don't like it, and I wouldn't either if I was a coach. I wouldn't. From the player's perspective, they like it, and I would too if I was a player. From a what's best for the sport of college basketball perspective, I laid out that I think it will have a negative impact because I think it will amplify one of the sport's biggest issues, a lack of continuity. And from a what's fair perspective, I think the fair thing is to allow a free transfer. Add all that up, and there's certainly a lot to ponder. So there you go. There you go. So as Jay-Z once said, this is food for thought. You do the dishes. Nah, I, I didn't do that justice. Why don't we let the man tell you? Tell him, Jay. This is food for thought. You do the dishes. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Yeah.
Production.